Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. This is Sebastian Wolfler. It's Mark Andrea Wiesler. I am Francisco Serundolo. And, and you're listening to the Into the Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Australian Open Day 4 is complete, and what a day 4 it was. It had some amazing performances from the likes of Mila Andreeva. I mean, she has shot onto the, onto the scene. It's a star born. Yannick Sinner, he looks incredible. Who is going to stop him? And we've got Alex de Menor as well. He is really doing something special. And could he be somebody you want to watch out for come the quarterfinal stages? Yep, and you said the one who I want to talk about the most, and that is Mira Andreva. She has stole day four for me. The most uh, exciting performance of the round. She defeated Onstrabur, the sixth seed. Six love, six two. Could have been even worse, In uh, really. It could have been a lot worse. Could have been a double bagel. Jabur got fortunate that, that Andreva made a few mistakes in spells of the match. I watched it live from start to finish. It wasn't exactly a long match. <laughs> and yeah, I've got a lot to say about it. So let's start there and then we'll go on to some other results. Um, we will be talking about, of course, Novak Djokovic. So if you are clicking on the video, finding out, uh, wanting to find out our thoughts on that, stay tuned till next up because we'll speak about him very soon. But let's start with Andreva. And the 16-year-old beat world number six and her idol. She had a lot of nice things to say about Ons after the match. Six love, six two on Rod Laver Arena to reach the third round at the Australian Open. 54 minutes, biggest win of her career, incredible scenes. And if you just scroll down, you can see her face. She is a <laughs> she's a child. Yeah, I mean, it's... and she is so good because she really makes it interesting. I want to hear what she has to say. I want to watch her play, and I can't really say that about a lot of players on tour. She yeah. has a wow factor. She has charisma. She makes the audience laugh. Everything she has to say <laughs> after the match. Um, yep. I don't think she played that amazing yesterday. Um, I thought she was okay. And I thought she defended extremely well. She looked very good off the backhand and chose her moments well when to attack. However, the story for me was Ons Jabeur showed someone who was lacking confidence Mm. who wasn't willing to fight. And what I mean by that is she was physically 
not prepared to slog it out with this young kid. Whenever it got too tough, Ons Jabur went for the drop shot. Yeah. And we know that she's very good with the drop shot. Unfortunately for her, it just felt like it was a way of her saying, I can't be bothered for this. I'm going to just go for a... It didn't feel like, oh, this is actually going to work. It was more of a second option of... Get me out. Oh, yeah, I don't know what else yeah. to do here. I can't be bothered to hit to hit rally with this girl. I'm going to go for a drop shot. The one thing that Ons Jabur has on a tennis court, when she's on there... You can see her emotions, whether she's happy, whether she's sad, whether she's frustrated, it all comes out and she doesn't mask it at all. And you can tell the body language, you can see, like you were saying, the drop shots, I'm going for this. She looked fed up and I think that she does throw in the towel for somebody who's such a fan favourite and one of Mila Andreeva's, she says it's her favourite player to watch and that's such a big thing coming in. What does she think looking down the other end of the court? That can't be the the type of Ons Jabur that she likes watching. The one that gives up, the one that doesn't fight. Surely she likes watching the one that does fight, comes back, wins from a set behind. I didn't ever see her ever coming back in this match. Not at all. I don't think it was just a mental thing. I think phys physically she looked a little bit out of shape. She looked uh, like she was, very, she was sweating so much from the start to finish. And I think... You looked at Andreva, who's not really been here before. You'd expect Ons Jabur to have the experience. I mean, a Grand Slam finalist, Ons Jabur, uh, twice. So she's been able to get to Grand Slams, the back end of them, physically. She just looked out of shape. I don't know what she did during pre-season, but that's where my question marks would be instantly going. I'm not sure if she had a very good pre-season at all because she looks very out of shape and was unable to hit with the big players physically. That's, it felt more like that than anything else. Uh, and that was my assessment of it. But let's not take anything away from Mira Andreeva. She played well, but not amazing. I never looked at it and thought, uh, this performance of Mira Andreeva is going to beat the likes of Rabakina, Iga, Saba, or Coco Goff. It could run them close. It could give them a good match. But it wouldn't give me that wow factor. Like, okay, this is the best player right now. It right. didn't feel like Carlos Alcalas when he was breaking through. He's the best player. It's a little bit different. She could become it, don't get me wrong. It was a very good, resolute, consistent performance. But a lot of it was to do, to do with Ons Jabur not up to the level. Yeah, uh, I What agree. this now means for her as well is she's moved up to the fifth favourite with the bookmakers. Uh, I don't know if she was there before, but she's now eight to, uh, nine to one with a lot of the other players four to one and eager favourite. Yeah, and she's so, yeah. a potential quarterfinal with Saba. Just to confirm, Jabur, three slam finals. Just uh, I know people will jump in the comments and oh, okay. uh, probably what was say the third that. One? So Wimbledon Wim twice. Wimbledon, Wimbledon twice and yeah, then US yeah. Open. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, just, cause, just to counter people in the comment section because I know that they'll jump in. Anyway, uh, to go on to the next tweet, which is something that she's achieved, Mila Angeleva, by uh, beating... Ons Jabur in this fashion. So the 16-year-old is the youngest player in history to bagel a top 10 seed at a major, which is amazing in itself. I'm just sad it's happened to Ons Jabur. It is a bit disappointing. I don't want to focus too much on the negative of Ons Jabur on this. I want to focus more... It's hard more not to, though. It's it hard is... not to because you look at it and she'll drop outside the top 10 if she continues in this way. Yeah, but Mila Andreeva... She set herself a target of getting to the top 30 this year. Um, she's at 34 now in the live rankings. Uh, another win. I'm sure she'll probably be there. And that's on, what are we, on the 17th of Jan at the moment. Not doing too badly. 
And she, like you said, she's fun. She has a funny interview like every time. And she says she's matured in uh, the past year, since last year. And I said, you're, you're uh, 16, you realise that? And she's like, yeah, but last year I was 15. All <laughs> <laughs> the crowd are laughing at her. I think it is. She just has a like a sharp charisma about her. I like it. She's quick witted, and she doesn't mind like having a little bit of a laugh, little making a bit of fun out of the situation as well. Because it is a little bit obscure when you're that young playing against like fully grown like adults, really, and you're beating them so convincingly. I mean, I'm sure Coco Goff's gone through this same sort of thing. And she looks to Coco Goff as one of the people she really, really admires. She always tries to catch a Coco Goff match because well, she sort of paved the way. That must be somebody when you're growing up and you're just about to break in onto the scene. You must have seen Coco when she was 15 at that Wimbledon and thought, yeah, I think I could do that as well. If she can do it, I can do it. So yep. it's great for tennis, I think, Miralem Deleva. Definitely. And I'm really pleased because it's good for my bracket. I've got her in the <laughs> quarterfinals and she keeps marching on. Uh, next up, who's she got? Uh, next up she has, I will uh, give I'm pretty you sure it's a winnable one. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a winnable. I think they're all winnable now up until probably she potentially meets Sabalenka. So Diane Parry. That's it. Yep. Next up. Sorry, I'll be on the Friday. The easiest way is just type in Google, by the way. It comes up instantly. Ah, um, I've got the draw just next yeah, to me. Never, too difficult to find in the draw. Um, okay. Let's move to the next big topic, and that's Novak Djokovic. Yes. It wasn't straightforward. Uh, Poprin should have won the third set. He had three, no, four set points. He had three at Love 14, and he had another one after uh, advantage. Yeah. Uh, didn't take any of them. Didn't rise to the occasion on them break point on on them set points, yeah. But played really well on the grand scheme of things. Served well, aggressive, yeah. Um, help was he helped along with the crowd definitely, and the crowd yes. irritated Djokovic. But as much as the crowd helped Popper make this one competitive, the crowd also angered Djokovic and made it less competitive because he <laughs> then raised his level because of the crowd. So. It's a two-edged sword, really, this uh, whole crowd thing, because the more they're going to go against him, the better he becomes. Yeah, and I was saying it to you earlier, and I think everybody sort of knows it. Sometimes I think he quite likes it when somebody goes after him in the crowd. And he even said it in his press conference. He said, you know... You notice I'm not against people having a good time either. He said, I'm, I'm happy for them if they want to... Uh, enjoy themselves have a beer i'm sure they had a few drinks and they want to enjoy themselves by shouting things out but don't be surprised if they cross a line i'm going to retaliate so he, he said i didn't ask him to get kicked out the stadium or anything did i so he said i'll just continue with the match and if anything that maybe gave him that just extra something just to think right now i'm definitely going to beat him I, if, if before it was in any doubt well guess what he's barely going to win a point after uh, I think you put a tweet out saying that he barely won a point after yep. that incident. And Kyrgios thought it was quite funny as well. I think he was in part of the interview afterwards. Yep. He said he, he's happy to come and jump in the crowd and do some WWE tag team <laughs> with Djokovic, which uh, Djokovic said, yeah, feel free. Uh, he'll look forward to that. He'll get some popcorn out and watch Kyrgios fight the crowd. 
yeah, Kyrgios, any excuse to get involved in this. Uh, it's right up his street. I think even Djokovic said, Kyrgios would be proud of my reaction. So <laughs> it was very so. Kyrgios-esque. Um, but I don't see nothing wrong in what Djokovic did. I think it's refreshing, if anything. It's a bit of back and forth, and it helped him with the victory. Um, looking at Djokovic's concerns, though, it's another time he's dropped at set. The first time he's lost two sets to start the Australian Open in the first two rounds. Okay. And one of them was against, what was a 20-year-old? Or 18-year-old, I 18 18-year-old, yeah. And this one against Poprin, who's not that 20. that great. Not I'm forgetting his age. He's not. He sh- I don't think Djokovic should be losing a set to Poprin or uh, Plizmich. But then he did in both of them. And on Alan Spells looked like he was going to maybe go to five. Mm. Um, is it? Is it an issue with his wrist? What do you? What are you putting it down to? I know Gary's saying that the serve is very reliant on his serve, and his serving's not good enough for him to be able to win matches easily. He didn't find enough first serves today, but his first serve win percentage is high as always. Yes. What What do you put it down to? Is it a wrist issue? Is it him? Is it the opponents? I think it's a little bit of a slow start to the year, but it could be down to him just taking it easy. I mean, I said today during the match, there's part of me that feels like he's playing up to a level and then he will inject a little bit more just to try and get a set over the line. And that's what it felt like he was doing today. I'll get it up to the business end playing normally. He wasn't even trying to hit any winners. He hit about five winners, I think, in like the first set. And Poprin hit triple the amount. Didn't matter because at the end of the set, he just came in and then he was able just to break him. But I don't think it was enough today because he wasn't really doing much in the rallies and Poprin was actually being quite aggressive. And when he fell off a bit, he realised he had to really, really push. And I don't think he wants to push this wrist. You saw him stretching it out as well, trying his best. Just to, I don't think he wants to show that it's the wrist. This is the thing. I think he does it on the odd occasion. But if you show too much that you're suffering, your opponent will gain some advantage mentally as well. Confidence. And I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think he wants to give that. Obviously, when he came into the Australian Open last year, he was carrying an injury. Well, it was just thigh, wasn't it? But that one didn't trouble him at all. This one, I feel like it's more serious because it does affect the serve, the forehand. And he's having to take pace off of this and only really pushing it when it's really necessary. Him dropping sets, though, don't be too concerned about that. It's just two sets. And when he won in 2021, he dropped, what? He dropped a set to TFO, two sets to Fritz, one to Raonic, one to Zverev. Still went on to win the title. But yeah, they are high echelon players. Exactly. They're not uh, Prismich or... Um, who's it today? Poprin. Poprin. An interesting thing to note, though, is the big semi-final matchup we could see with Yannick Sinner. And if he is playing like he is at the moment, I don't give him a chance. I mean, he's playing so well, isn't he? I mean, it was Because Sinner but... is just looking like the best player in the Australian Open. I think he looks better than Alcaraz, better than the Medvedev. Sinner looks like the one to beat. He's on the half of Novak Djokovic, so that can't be a final. If Djokovic improves his performances, you'd expect he'll be fine for a semi. Sinner looks great value to get there, uh, despite maybe having some tougher matches than Djokovic along the way. And they're coming up, not yet, but soon. 
I just can't see the way it's going, Djokovic beating Sinner. But let me know in the comment section how you feel about that. Sinner is just looking at another level. It may be difficult to say too much because of the opponents he's played. Um, but then, based on how Djokovic is doing, I mean, maybe he would have lost a set to Dion, the way it's going. Dion did all right, but it's just there was just a complete level like discrepancy. And you could just see Sinner's serving and his second ball. Just He put so, so many of the second balls away. And it just looked clinical. It looked like the... He made the court look huge for De Jong. It just like he was just hitting into the, the gaps with so much power that De Jong was just scampering for the whole entire first, second, third. It was, all the sets were convincing. Two, two and two. Easy. Yep, agreed. Dimonor, easy, easy win. Great. Um, Great to see that from him. Not much to say about the others apart from Caboli still doing incredibly well. And yeah. he outlasted his fellow... Uh, Italian Massetti, which was a surprise. Massetti, yet again, in the fifth set, just couldn't handle it. I mean, how many times have you seen him get bageled in a fifth set now? <laughs> Must be stacking up. It's not good enough. And I feel he is an awesome tennis player with so much ability. Unfortunately, I get shades of Jack Draper and him. I think there's a bit of um, synergy between the two of them. I feel like he's the Italian version of Draper. They have so much ability. Drop Sinner in there. <laughs> no, but in, in a mean. fifth set, Draper, I think he has the ability to lose to Tommy Paul in a bagel fashion in the fifth. I have a feeling that that's going to happen as well, unfortunately for him. Yeah, very sad. Uh, my player, roulette player, out as well. Your dark horse, I think, as well, wasn't it? Not sure. Maybe. Or was it not? Maybe I don't I've think just I went that. for him. No, maybe you didn't. Maybe you changed it. I think you went Draper in the end, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think you changed it. But anyway, moving down, uh, Hachanov cruising through in four, didn't really struggle. Fritz finally showing up. I said this earlier. I feel like this was tailor-made for him, not to, no pun intended. But uh, Hugo Gaston, you just look at him, his game style, and Taylor Fritz and his game style. And it just it's always going to be a straight sets win for Fritz for me. Yeah, walking by Gaston in this round against Fritz. The matchup does not align at all, and I didn't give him a chance in hell. Hachanov did well to win that one. Ben Shelton, well to win against a tough opponent yeah. in Chris O'Connell. And let's pause on Marazan. Yeah. He's someone we've met in person. He's someone yep. who's been sort of slogging out on the Challenger Tour the last few years. He's moved to the ATP circuit, uh, playing 250s, 500s. And doing very well. We know big win last year, or was it last year against Alcaraz? Yep. Um, and I was in um, Budapest last year. And a lot of people, when I said about tennis, mentioned his name. He is becoming quite well known in Hungary because he beat Alcaraz. Yeah. Because they, they all look at that and say, oh, he must be really good. He's just beating Alcaraz. I think that's given him a lot of credibility. And what he's doing now is backing up that credibility because you're seeing him beat a top player in Salundalo in straight sets. Uh, he also beat in the first round Chilich, I believe. Yeah, two good players. I don't know who he's got next, but I think uh, no oh, one's going to want to play Taylor Fritz. Yeah, I think Marazan wins. Taylor, that is a really yeah. interesting one. Re it, close. Yeah, close. I think that we're going to see a set from both players. Um, for sure. I think Fritz's serving is definitely good. But I reckon we 
I reckon Marazan just there's something about him at the moment. I was waiting to see if it was all just a dream. I said that to you earlier. Is Marazan actually doing this? When we saw him at that challenger in Zagreb, and I was just thinking like, oh, yeah, it's great to see him finally playing. I wasn't even thinking this would be the scenario a year or two later that he'll be at the top of the sport, really. And I'd even be considering him. Could he be somebody who could cause a massive problem for some of the like top 10 players in this draw? I think so. Um, he is the the most feared, unseeded player. A bit like how Kyrgios is. I feel like I'm getting a vibe from Marazan as well. Quality. Really good. And straight sets as well. Like Fair play to him. I mean, that's not an easy uh, thing to do at all against Solundalo. Yeah. So, Manorino did well in five. <laughs> Mahat, brilliant again. Well, I mean, that one. TFO. Is that the biggest upset of the uh, men's no. side? No, not for me. What, Mahat winning? No, that's not the biggest. I don't think that's really that much of an upset. TFO is a bit hot and cold. I don't, I don't, I don't, Seed. I don't even know what a big upset is on the men so far. Uh, Let us know the comment section and we'll read some because I can't be bothered to look for all of it. But I'm interested yeah, no to hear what you guys have to say and then we'll speak about it tomorrow. Um, Monfils went out to Echeverry. I kind of saw, we both said it yesterday. Um, is this fun? I I'm just noticed shocked. something as well with Echeverry. His route through this tournament. So he's had Andy Murray, one of the old guard. Monfils, another one of the old guard. Next up. Novak Djokovic is yeah. having all of these players who are around mid to late 30s. So who's going to be next for him? Will he get past Djokovic and there'll be another one? Well, he's going to be tougher, I think, than the two opponents he's had so far, Novak. So maybe that one's going to five sets based off what we've seen. It could be Manorino or Shelton after that. So maybe we hope for Manorino for another one. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, moving down. Sissi passed through. Dropped the first set, but... Second set was pivotal there. He managed to win the tie break. And then, yeah, I didn't see him losing after winning that second set, to be honest. I wasn't sure. I thought it was going to be tight down the middle. Thompson close, but Sissipas pulled through. Uh, Rublev, Eubank, straight sets. Eubanks let me down. Yeah. And um, uh, Corder as well. This is the match for the next round, which is a very intriguing one. Corder versus Rublev. Both won in straight sets. Okay, on to the women's. Uh, Wozniacki went out. We spoke about that. Massive that to Mafieva. Yeah, so we saw that yesterday, game. didn't we? Late last night. I was one of the. I think that yes. was the first match to actually be on because we had the rain, so it was the only one everyone was watching. Um, Wozniacki not not a contender for me. Coco no. Goff won in straights. Really good for her. Fernandez out, and this was an underdog uh, pick. I think she was yeah five point five. Fernandez big favorite. I think that's poor. Really, I think Fernandez should be winning. Yeah, I mean, is it, uh, well, the, the winners to Unforced Errors, we had Parks with 30 winners to Fernandez's nine. Yeah, I, mean, I never saw it, but what I'm assuming happened was Parks overpowered her. 13 How many aces? aces? 13, yeah. yeah. I mean, none for Fernandez, just to put it Overpowered, I think, what happened there. Yeah, most definitely. Fernandez sometimes struggles with that. Uh, Klaichikova through, Anisimova. She had to do this, didn't she? She's just doing it just to me, just because yeah, I have an easy, a... easy match, that one. Well, will it be easy in the next round? Because she's going to be up against Paula Badoza. 
And that's somebody that we should speak about as well because she's sort of making her way through this tournament. She knocked out Pavlyuchenkova, who is in good form. Well done, Paul. Um, her and Sitterbass thought you said they're going home early. They're going to go for a tour of Melbourne. Well, they're waiting for one to go out and then the other one will follow suit, I'm sure. They'll both go out in the same round. That's what I'm sure of. What about if they both win the tournament each? Is that, that not a possibility? <laughs> and then they go touring? They just have the rest of the year off then, surely? Yeah, you can wake up in a minute. Oh, yeah. Where am I? Okay, moving down. Sabalenka watched this one this morning. It was like a a lady versus a girl. That's pretty much how I put that one. Same it's... with Hadid Meyer, Corneva. Yeah. You can put them in the same <laughs> yep. bracket. Um, good players, just not ready yet. Yeah, most they definitely. They can't compete on, the, on this scale. Garcia went out in straights, and that surprised me. That's, that is an upset. Yeah, that definitely is an upset. Garcia just knocked out Osaka, then Freck cleared up that section. Put this into perspective as well. Kornieva and Flavitova, and then look at Mila Andaleva. And there's levels to that age group. Yeah. She's the so, best one. She's the yeah. Alcaraz in the women's. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I like that. And let's move on to the last thing that we pretty much want to touch on. And I'm sorry, it has to be uh, Sakari. I mean, I don't know what else we're going to say about her. And I'm going to have to bite my tongue in places, I'm sure. But she has gone out again. She's gone out again early. And it's becoming... It's going to become a meme or something soon. But I put out this tweet. She went out to Avanesian, world number 74, and continues her dismal run in Grand Slam tournaments. She hasn't reached a fourth round of a slam since Australia in 2022. And this isn't just it, though. I made this, and I just thought this is just recent slam. So she's been... Like last year was abysmal. First round exits in three slams and one third round at the Australian Open. She's gradually getting worse at the Australian Open. Expect first round exit next year based upon that. Fourth round, third round, now second round. Uh, and if you go back to all of her slam results, you'll see here there's only two semifinals and all the rest of them are b before the fourth round. Yeah. So there's not really ever been much there to get your teeth into she's not really ever been really good at slams and the semi-final one that she lost at the us open was to radu Kanu, which probably people probably think you should have been winning that one as well so it's like it's one of those ones that i don't know what she's really done like you can't really call a semi-final sakri for two semi-finals I think that's more semi like for the, for yeah, the WTA for the, event. Yeah, it doesn't I get, really come for from the Grand Slams. My assessment is she's just not that good. Um, not a big she's match good, she's, she's good on uh, not pressure moments. Any pressure moment, she is two hundred in the world player at best. Not 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 anything better than that. She's got ability. Uh, she can clear up opponents in first rounds of 250s 500s yeah beyond that nothing she'll never win a grand slam i'll put that on record her best chances were in 2021 now she'll never win one there's too many good russian and czech players coming through who i feel will what will mop her up in any rounds where she gets far like quarters or round of 16 um, i just think she needs to change that's what uh, you have to change your mind you can't you can't you can't just um it's, it's a mental problem. You, 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 you've either got it or you don't. You're either a champion or you're not. She's not a champion. She's not going to have that mentality installed in her. And it's unfortunate. She's got a good, good level of ability, but she's not 
going to be able to translate that ability into winning things because she doesn't have a winning mentality. It's a bit like Arsenal, really. <laughs> hey, get them in there, little dig like that. Um, <laughs> this is some of the replies to the tweet, just saying, what does she, what does she do here? And then David said, seeing her last grandstand results, you might think that she was the number 74 in the world playing out there today. I mean, yeah, it is a little bit like that. You can't, you, there's probably other players on tour that aren't as highly ranked as her and seeded that have much better Grand Slam results than what she does, which is crazy to say. But yeah, I don't know what she needs to do. Is there a need, like changing coaching staff? Is there a change in something else? Does she need a hypnotist? I don't know. But apparently, we've got Mike here saying Saka needs to change her one dimensional game see ball, hit ball hard. Won't hack it in the slams. Maybe learn how to slice and volley. She would have won tonight's game with either of those skills. That's quite a good point, actually, because she is just a bit of a hard-hitting player. We don't get to see the soft touches so much from Sarkari. Yeah, I don't agree fully. I think a lot of it's up upstairs. Mm. Definitely. In the, in the loft, yeah? Yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> right, let's wrap it up there. Thank you everyone for watching. If you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, and join us for Raducanu and Igor Sviontek for our day five action. Apologies for bringing you this late. We'll bring you another one tomorrow. Podcast Network.